For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Good evening, everyone. For folks in Ebenezer and on Zoom, I want to briefly introduce our speaker tonight, Sarah Lytle. Maybe most of you know her. Sarah is a member of our board, was formerly UC Divinity School intern for a while at Ancient Dragon, and is now a full-time, still a full-time hospital chaplain in Chicago. And so, Sarah, thank you very much for speaking to me. It is so nice to be here um, and, and to be with, with you all in the Zoom realm as well. Um, we have these nice little uh, devices connecting us with you. Um, so I'd like to talk, to talk today a little bit about Sangha. Um, as many of you know, I'm about to move um, overseas and to be saying goodbye to this physical space. Um, and so I've just, I've been full of feeling and reflection on what an amazing home this has been for me. And a really big part of that has been this Sangha, this community. So I feel just uh, such such gratitude and uh, and joy at having been able to be a part of this community. Um, so and I've also just been so amazed at the way that our sangha has been able to stay connected over the past two years. Um, we've adapted and cared for each other. We lost our physical space. But here we are in a new one. And we've been able to create a home really through our relationship with each other and our commitment and practice of um, the path. So I'll, I'll open with, um, so as part of my move, I've been uh, going through all of my books and uh, trying to take some time to read the ones that I'll have to say goodbye to for quite a while. And um, I have a book called Chanting from the Heart, which is a, verse, a book of verses and chants from Thich Nhat Hanh. And this is one, um, a gata, which is a, a gata is another word for a verse. Um, in Thich Nhat Hanh's tradition, they use it as a, a meditation tool. And this is for, for opening, opening a ceremony or opening a space. The one who bows and the one who is bowed to are both by nature empty. Therefore, the communication between them is inexpressibly perfect. Our practice center is the net of Indra, reflecting all Buddhas everywhere. And with my person in front of each Buddha, I go with my whole life for refuge. 
So Sangha is a really important part um, of the Buddhist path. Um, it, it's a, a Pali or, and Sanskrit word that just means community, um, Sangha. And uh, traditionally, it's referred to kind of the monastic community, people who have taken vows, uh, lay, lay and ordained. Um, now, often it can mean all of the practice community who are in the Buddhist center. Um, it can also mean the whole world, all of our living beings that we live with. And when we express our commitment to the Buddhist path through, through refuge vows, um, we take refuge in the three jewels. Um, Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. So it's really important. Um, so, um, like I said, traditionally, it referred to the formal community of monks and nuns, which uh, from the time of the Buddha to today, when taking monastic vows, one joins the Sangha by renouncing all of one's possessions and all of one's worldly relationships and uh, joining joining this other path. Um, many of us haven't done that exactly, um, but we have taken refuge or, or expressed some interest or are kind of dabbling in the teachings. Um, there are many stories in our tradition, uh, the Zen tradition, about this um, leave taking of home and joining a community. So our circumstances are different from a monastery, um, but our temples, both physical and, uh, I don't know a good word, I guess kind of the symbolic space of the temple still serves as a really important support for our practice. It's a community of fellow practitioners and a place to practice. It supports us in our practice, emotionally, physically, spatially. And the main thing that our Sangha does is we sit silently together. We might do other things as well, we drink tea and eat cookies. We talk. Uh, we tend to the business of sitting together. And though we have lots of other activities that might nourish our communal life together, the main thing we do is, is this. As we sit quietly, not even looking at each other, but together. What a, what a funny thing to do together. Um, from the outside, it might not seem like a very communal activity, just sitting silently. Um, I can do it by myself, I guess. But our practice of sitting together is very profound. It might look simple from the outside, but it's quite unique and very special. And I've been thinking a lot about uh, what exactly is happening and what we're learning and doing when we sit together. Um, it can help us keep discipline. 
by having accountability together in a room. But that's not, it's not quite, that's not quite the meat of it or the heart of it. Side by side, cushion to cushion. On Zoom, also, we do this. We don't feel the person next to us, but we know they're there. And there's a reason why we've continued to show up on Zoom over and over again. So in addition to Sangha creating the conditions for practice, the physical space, the transmission of the teachings, it also provides a situation of circumstance to practice through our relationship with other people. We're able to show up just as we are and sit down on the cushion. It's a special space, a special time. As we sit together, as we bow to each other, we get to relate to each other as Buddhas. And that's so unique and so special. On the Buddhist path, one of the ways that we are invited to relate to the world um, around us is with non-attachment. And this phrase can bring up a lot for people uh, for many different reasons. And over the past few months, I've been kind of working and playing with this concept um, as I as I let go and say goodbye and as I move forward into a new new context. And one way I understand non-attachment is as seeing things fresh, a beginner's mind, another way to phrase it, without expectation or judgment, craving or aversion. And in the realm of relationship, this can look like letting people be new in each moment. Rather than meeting someone with preconceived ideas of who they are and who they're going to be or what we want from them or don't want from them, which is our habit and the way that we walk around in conventional existence, we can try to meet them fresh without judgment. I believe this is a little bit of what we're able to do on the cushions next to each other. Our habit is really to do the opposite. We're often relating to other beings with craving or aversion, hope or fear, wanting something from them. And in everyday conditioned life, our interactions with others are quite complicated, very busy. There's a lot happening. We're tuning to the other person, trying to figure them out. And there's a lot that's, that's in that moment other than the meeting of the other in relationship. 
And so often in this process, we end up kind of relating to other beings as objects in the field with us. In an attempt to understand them, perhaps even, we take some shortcuts, we make some assumptions, and we close down opportunities for true connection. Sangha, I think, is a perfect playground to practice another way of being together. While we sit together, we can just try and focus on being together, next to each other. We can notice the feelings that arise in the presence of others without having to act them out or respond in a particular way. There's nothing we need to do. There's no task that needs to be done. We're just sitting together. Of course, when things are going well, when we feel supported and cared for by our Sangha, this is wonderful. It feels like a refuge. We understand that Sangha is one of the gems. Of course, it's not always like this. There can be disagreements, ways in which our expectations are not met or we're disappointed. Spiritual communities are made up of humans after all. And these moments too are opportunities, are gifts to practice with. As our own rough edges bump up, bump up against each other's rough edges, we encounter some new Dharma gates to enter. The Sangha can be a holding space, a space where we can try and live an expression with our values, where things are a little bit simpler. There's not too much going on here, at least most of the time. And this simplicity can be really, really helpful because so often in our everyday life, things are quite complicated or at least they are on the surface. Uh, when I first started coming to Ancient Dragon in 2016, um, I was very nervous about all of the forms, the bowing and the walking in the right direction. I don't like to make mistakes. I like to do things perfectly if possible and well if it's not possible. So I was pretty nervous about the forms, and it's been uh, fun today coming here and, and realizing I've, I've forgotten a lot of them, and I'm not sure which way to bow anymore. Um, fortunately, I'm less worried about that today. I wondered how I was going to remember them all. But over time, I, I did remember them. My body remembered them. And they helped to keep things a little bit simple. I didn't have to think about which way to go so I won't bump into somebody. It was all choreographed, orchestrated. Really a, a, a unique space together. 
So the Zendo, be it virtual or physical, is a place where our Sangha creates a container to be together, where we get to practice relating to each other as Buddhas, as the Buddhas we are. And this is a really uh, wonderful thing. So we are sitting here on our own and we're each ultimately responsible for our own practice, but we do not do it alone. Through taking refuge in Sangha, we're able to express and practice the Buddhist path in in ways that we couldn't if we were by ourselves on the mountaintop. As the, our practice center is the net of Indra, reflecting all Buddhas everywhere. And so from talking about this specific Sangha, our ancient dragon Sangha. I'd like to move a little bit to the idea of the whole universe as our Sangha, filled with Buddhas, big and small, seen and unseen, born and to be born. And I think our practice in this space can give us some strength and familiarity with this mindset of viewing each other in this way. So that when we go out, we can relate to each other as, as fellow beings, as fellow Buddhas, with a little bit less of the craving and aversion, objectifying. You can enjoy being, being subjects together in relationship next to one another. So here in Ebenezer Lutheran, there, wherever you are. May this Sangha continue to flourish, continue practicing together for the benefit of all beings. May we enjoy being together, sitting together, eating cookies together when that day returns. And I'll read this, uh, this gata again by Thich Nhat Hanh. And maybe we can talk about it a little bit and reflect on what it's bringing up for us. The one who bows and the one who is bowed to are both by nature empty. Therefore, the communication between them is inexpressibly perfect. Our practice center is the net of Indra reflecting all Buddhas everywhere. 
And with my person in front of each Buddha, I go with my whole life for refuge. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Sarah, for holding up this jewel or sangha for us. So from Zoom world to or Ebenezer world, comments or responses or uh, reflections on the jewel, sangha jewel, uh, after Sarah's presentation. Feel free. I yeah, it was interesting. I mean, uh, it's great to see you. Great to hear you speak. Uh, it's been probably a year since I've seen you, so it's uh, a nice full circle. I didn't know that you were leaving, but uh, can you hear Michael and Zoom World? Yes. <laughs> uh, the only comment I I had was uh, just related to my experience uh, coming into our temporal Zendo space uh, because I just had been carrying kind of an agitation around with me all day and was carrying it, you know, into my period of Zazen. And uh, and it, it really, it honestly was just that I was sitting next to somebody that, that shifted it for me, where I, I all of a sudden felt that there was somebody over here and then I was like, I can't give, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. just, I don't want, and so it helped me uh, give it some room to roam that agitation or whatever and to be able to just, uh, you know, return uh, best I could. Yeah, thank you for that. I, um, I feel like I, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> and I think there's also something about, uh, I, I, I work in a field where we talk a lot and express a lot of things verbally and um, that's good and, and can be helpful, but I think there's something really amazing about just being together, uh, some of that those clouds can kind of drift away a bit. Um, yeah. And we can feel some companionship and solace too in the people next to us. Yeah. Amina has a question. Thank you, Sarah, and I um, I wish you the best with your journey. Um, this is the second talk I think I've heard you give, and I've enjoyed both a lot. Um, kind of a lot of thoughts, but I'll just say a few. Um, one, it was interesting, the, the gata that you read twice almost made me feel when you were reading it that um, I was in a space of zazen, which I don't know if I've experienced before with a verse, but I don't know if it... I don't know if it was the words or just the, what it conjures or your way of reading it, but um, 
yeah, I've never quite had that experience. So, so that was, uh, that was interesting. And, um, I, I really enjoyed being able to think about Sangha, you know, with you through your talk, um, and to just remember how important and special it is. And, you know, you bringing attention to the fact that, you know, we, we sit together quietly most of the time, not facing each other, facing a wall and how, like that could look funny to someone else from the outside, but, but how amazing it is. I think how nice it is to spend time with people in that way. Um, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you um, and everyone in ancient dragon kind of, you know, in your talk, but in this whole experience, like also pointing to us, you know, in the zoom world or not pointing to us, but including us, you know, and the way you're talking about things and the way you're talking about Sangha and, um, I also appreciated, uh, just, just the reminder too, that, um, that it's hard for everyone sometimes to talk to people, to be in, to, to interact. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic, but I feel like I've become more of a self-conscious person. And that often when I interact with someone or speak, I kind of yell at myself afterwards. And I think, why did you say it that way? Or what, you know, like I, I'm always kind of criticizing myself. And so, and I think when I'm doing that, there is this way that I'm turning other people into objects, you know, or maybe myself too, instead of remembering, like you said, that we're subjects and um, to maybe feel uh, softening around that and just enjoy taking refuge with everyone and, and remember like that none of us are perfect. You know, I'm not perfect. We're all humans. Um, so thank you for all of that. Thank you. Thank you for your reflection and, and sharing. Hey. Uh, it's good to see you. Um, something in the way that Thich Nhat Hanh phrased the, the gata about uh, the emptiness of the bower and the one who is bowed to um, seems to me like he's probably playing on the uh, giver, receiver, and gift. The three circles of the, the um, how they're all empty. Um, I assume he's doing that intentionally, at least that was the association in my mind. Uh, and that that got me thinking, because of course a bow is a gift to someone. Um, but of course, everything that you do around other people is given to them. <laughs> and if it's terrible, we might not call it a gift, but it's still given to them. Um, <laughs> well, which, uh, you know, seems, seems to me to be a good reminder to myself. It, right, which is may, may the things that I give to the people around me, in fact, be gifts um, and, and not uh, terrible burdens. Um, Michael, next to me, gave me the, the gift of not giving me his nervous energy. <laughs> and, but if you had, uh, that would have been an amazing gift too, and I would have loved to have sat with that. Um, I don't know. It was a new thought for me to think about how we, how I relate to the people around me that that way. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah.
I, I, th I think that uh, framing is really helpful and um, also reminds me that I have some choice about what I want to give to others. Not, you know, no one's perfect, but um, <laughs> I think that there's some, we have some freedom in the way that we want to respond to other people and what kind of, what kind of gift we want to give them. Um, yeah. Thank you. I actually, I first kind of started thinking about this because I realized I was um, approaching people assuming that they were gonna bother me. <laughs> <laughs> I would just kind of like walk around and have these interactions where I was just waiting for someone to annoy me. <laughs> and um, for some reason, uh, maybe the practice, but I was able to kind of notice that and step back and be like, maybe what if I didn't relate to them that way? What if I saw them as, as Buddhists or as uh, Buddhists? To be, um, I think it, uh, it's kind of amazing how much our the way we are seeing reality will color our experience. Um, it's kind of a cliche, but I, I really have been grateful for practice and zazen for helping me see that more and have some more flexibility with how I want to approach others. Oh. When, when are you moving again? Um, January 10th. January 10th. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, then this is probably as good time as any, your contacts as any. Uh, to, uh, I think there's a story about, it might be like Ananda asking Buddha, like, what um like how much of a percentage good friendship is of the path and uh he says it's it's like most of it right isn't it <laughs> and buddha says actually it's it's the whole it's the whole thing it's the it's the that that is that is the path is um yeah spiritual friendship so uh you know, we've been, I've been practicing basically as long, like, as long as you've been here, you know. So uh, I want to thank you for being a really wonderful friend. Um, I mean, as we go on, uh, we, we will remember all the times we've had together. And <laughs> as our lives change, come whatever, we will still be friends forever. <laughs>
The spice so, bath. Yeah, yes. <laughs> That's a vitamin C. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so you know, I'm not. I'm not saying this isn't like our friendship. Like you know, it's you know, like not, nothing's really concluding. But that um, uh, you 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 really uh, helped me. Uh, you set a really good example for me, and you have set a really good example for me in our friendship of like how to how to try to how to make how to how to be friends with folks in the sangha, um, and uh, uh, I just am really thankful that um, that that we become friends, and um, I don't I don't know where you know my my path. And this whole thing would be beyond combined. So, um, just you know, saying that out loud so that it's said. Um, so, thank you for your wonderful friendship, and I'm I'm uh, I'm sure that as as your life changes, you know, um, that will will be you know um, a part of that in some way, you know, an ancient dragon. But I'm excited to. See what, what happens next for you. Thank you, Don. And I want to say thank you to Sarah because Sarah has agreed to continue uh, on the Ancient Dragon board from a long, long way away <laughs> across an ocean. Co is on is on Zoom from Cleveland. She's on the board, but uh, Sarah will outdo her. <laughs> but uh, this whole, I want to just say about Sangha, there's something amazing and miraculous about it that uh, it's easy to take for granted, maybe. But, you know, here we are finally sitting together in person, some of us, and some of us are with us on Zoom. And somehow, you know, it's almost two years of this <coughs> pandemic, and uh, we've somehow kept this together. It's kind of amazing. Mm. And and it we've, we've been enriched by um, Zoom, too, because now we have a sangha that stretches from Cleveland to Los Angeles. Hi, Amina. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll stretch to England. And um, Anyway, uh, it's a really amazing thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what... Uh, and also... I'm aware that many people in our Sangha have, through Zoom and through the pandemic, connected with Sanghas in other places. So there's this talk about the, this network. Yeah. Um, it's kind of amazing. Mm. So thank you, Sarah, and everyone else. Any other comments here or there? Oh, David Weiner. Hi. Uh, I feel bad that I'm wearing a mask because you can't see my big grin. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thank you for your talk. It, it, it reminded me of something I know and occasionally practice. 
not always. Uh, when you came in the door, I saw you. Oh, I'm so happy to see Sarah. <laughs> and then I laughed into asking you a question for help. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know of, a, of a use, you know. And just to to be with being and just be there. And I know you know that from chaplaincy, that, you know, this is about the only time I do it, you know, when I'm with somebody in chaplaincy, not in everyday life. So, so thank you for reminding me to do it, not just when I'm with patients, but also do it with everybody. Thank you much for that gift. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I just want uh, to also thank you for your talk and particularly holding up that that um, that lovely gata and it was seeing how apt um, Indra's net is um, mm-hmm. in this time because through it I realized that I'm sitting in the room with you and you all are sitting with me in Cleveland so that and that's visceral and that's real um, so that was a, a very good reminder. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I think there is something pretty, uh, something I'm learning to appreciate about the virtual realm of um, helping, reminding us of, of our connectedness, even when we're not in the same space, that we are really with all beings and um, and how we're never, never really alone in that sense. Which is really, really lucky. We get to be here with each other on this planet. Joe, it's the same race. Got the mic. Um, In my mind, I'm still very much a beginner. Um, the one who bows and the one who is bowed to are both empty. Emptiness is form. The most useful part of the bowl is, is the empty part. When we meet each other each time, we meet each other anew and without judgment. And that last bit is, is something that I need I need to work on because um, I like to carry yesterday's oatmeal with me. <laughs> Doesn't taste too good. Uh, Sarah, uh, I, uh, I'm sorry that we didn't get a chance to uh, um, uh, meet before um, in the brief time that I've been here, but uh, through the magic of technology, uh, we can we can certainly. Um, uh, uh, be together, uh, you know, virtually, and that's certainly uh, uh, something I hope we can uh, take advantage of in, in the coming months. Good luck on your trip. Uh, where are you going, if I may ask? I'm going to England, to Cambridge, England. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. And you know, I think part of 
part of this uh, specialness of this this space and this time is in our everyday life we do kind of have to um, make some amount of assumptions or else everything would take a very long time. Um, so I think that this is a, a nice place to to practice what it could be like to do to not do that so much. Um, so again, have, having grace and uh, compassion with ourselves for for all the leftover oatmeal that we do always carry around. Thank you very much, Sarah, and everyone. Uh, and does anyone have any last uh, comments, responses, reflections? So then, David, would you please lead us in the four bodhisattva vows, and they'll have a few announcements.